In James chapter 2, I'm going to read verses 14 through 26. And you can remain seated for this here, starting with uh, verse number 14. James chapter 2, verse number 14. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he have faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and any one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, if faith hath not works, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. And read that verse one more time. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe. And tremble. But wilt thou, O vain man, but wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? It's the second time he's mentioned that. Faith without works is dead. Verse 21 Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, for he was called the friend of God. You see then, how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise, also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works, when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, he says once again, so faith without works is dead also. Amen. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll talk to our hearts and our lives today. Lord, we want to do your will. We want you to reign supreme in our lives. We want to walk with you. We want you to grow in us, and we want to grow stronger and more mature in you day by day, Lord. I pray, God, that you'll help me to minister your word. Lord, not with the ability that I have, but God, help me to minister with the ability that comes only from you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now, we, I want to talk to us about, well, this is the title. What is your faith motivating you to do? What is your faith motivating you to do? The Muslims have what they call Ramadan. They have a month of fasting from dawn until dusk. So dawn is, well, it's already light when I wake up in the morning at 5 o'clock. 
it's around 3.30 or so would be dawn this time of year. So they have to eat before then. So 3 o'clock in the morning, if they want something to eat for the day, they got to be up by 3 o'clock in the morning and eat. They cannot eat until about, what is it, 9, 10 o'clock at night by the time the sun goes down, about 16 hours for a month. And they pray five times a day. Their faith motivates them to do that. The Jehovah Witness, we see them, they don't so much come around to our doors as much anymore as they once did for years. They would, they would show up at your doors uh, several times a year, knocking on your door, handing out the watchtower, whether they were selling it or, or giving it to you. Now they, they sit on the corner, and you'll see them sitting on the corner in, in a highly visible place with their stands of the watchtower there in front of them. We, we know, we all know what a Mormon missionary is. We've all visited with them, had them come by our houses and visited with them. I used to, to visit with them on a regular basis. They were one of, I was one of their regular stops and they would pass the word on to, to stop by my house. I know they did because they would know my name before they arrived there for the first time. They'd tell me that the, the last ones had told them about me. They knew that I was the pastor of the Pentecostal church, and I quite enjoyed visiting with the, those young folks. They give two years of their lives totally dedicated to missionary work. They cannot eat. They cannot go home. They can call home, I believe it is, once a year. For two years, they totally give themselves. What is your faith motivating you to do. I was listening to CBC radio the other day and they, uh, that's, that's what got me thinking along this line. They were, they had this topic, believe it or not, an extremely secular and, and non-religious and, and, uh, well, if you've ever listened to CBC radio, you know what, what I'm talking about. They had this question. What is your faith motivating you to do? And they were talking to some folks. One said, my faith motivates me to give, to give of my time, to give of myself, to give of my talents. One man said, my faith motivates me to be involved in the community, to reach outward, getting to know my neighbors, sharing kindness. Another said, to, it motivates me to put myself aside to help others. To be kind to others, to love, to love others, to appreciate the small things, to be the best person that I can. They spoke to an evangelical pastor who said, she said, my, my faith motivates me to be an impact in the community that I serve. All good things. All good things. James I love, I love the book of James, and I'm thinking about teaching on it here. And once I get to start speaking on Tuesday nights again, I think I might delve into the book of James some. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. I love James just, he states things clearly. He, he just puts it out there exactly the way he means it. You don't have to do a whole lot of, of research to try and figure out what James is trying to say. He just, he puts it very plainly what he wants to say. And he says here, he says, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. In other words, if it's by itself, just faith with nothing else, 
He says it's dead. And he goes in, he gives some example. He says, take a look at Abraham, our father. The father of the Jewish nation, the father of the Israelites. Abraham, the one that we all descended from, he's saying. Abraham was told, you need to sacrifice your son. When God called him to sacrifice his son, his only son, he he didn't make a mental note and agree that he would be willing to do that. Yeah, Lord, that's, yeah, I would be willing to do that for you. That's not faith. He goes on to say, seest thou how faith wrought with his works and by works was faith made perfect. Faith with his works. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Why? Because he said, yeah, I would do that for you, God. No, because Abraham got up early in the morning and he gathered the wood together and he got some servants together and he woke his son up and said, come on, boy, we're taking a journey today. And he took his son, his only son, and he went up on a mountaintop and he laid the altar out there and he laid the wood upon the altar and he got ready to to lay the sacrifice on it and his son looks around and he says, Dad, I see the wood and I see the altar but I don't see any lamb here for a sacrifice. And his dad looked at him and said, The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide a lamb for a sacrifice. And then he took his son and he bound him and he put him on the altar And the Bible lets us know that he literally had the sword ready to slay his own son because God asked for him to do it. That is faith. That is faith right there. It wasn't until he had done the whole thing and he showed by his works, by his actions, God, I believe you this much. God, I trust you this much. God, I am determined to do whatever you have for me in my life to the point that I will give the very most precious thing that I, my, my future, everything is tied up in this boy. And Lord, I'm ready to give him back to you when the Lord stopped him. And said, no, Abraham, I, I believe you. You've shown me. You've shown me. You don't have to sacrifice your son. And there was a lamb caught in the thicket. And he grabbed that lamb and he slew that, that lamb and offered it unto God. Faith wrought with his works. And by works was faith made perfect. It wasn't made perfect until he actually did it. What is your faith motivating you to do? Peter's faith motivated him to walk on water. Oh, I know he didn't make it very far, but nobody else even tried it. They're all sitting in the boat, still screaming and wondering, what is this image that's walking on the water? And Peter stands up and by faith says, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come to you. And Jesus said, come on. You said it, buddy. Not me. You said, if it's me, say come. So I'm saying come, because it's me. What am I supposed to do? So Peter, man, he, he just climbs right over the side of the boat and he begins walking to Jesus on the water. 
Why? Because his faith was put into action. Why was he able to walk on the water? Because he put it into action. Amen. Any of those guys could have done the same thing, but they weren't able to. Why? Because they didn't put action to their faith. Hallelujah. It's when he was motivated to put his faith into action that God began to work on his side. Peter was motivated after the Lord had gone returned to heaven. Peter was and John were walking into the temple one day. There was a man there that was begging for alms, alms, alms. He saw Peter and John coming to him and he looked up expecting to receive something. They didn't have any money in their pockets that day. And so they, Peter looks down at him and he says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And then he didn't just say it and walk on saying, if he's got enough faith, it's going to happen. Don't worry. It'll, it'll happen if he's got enough faith. Let me just get, keep moving here. No, he stopped. He said, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And then he reached down and he took him by the hand and he lifted him up. Oh yeah. He put faith into action, my friend. Amen. He didn't, he didn't just leave it at that. It's easy to say, I have faith if I don't have to prove it to you. It's easy to say, I've got faith that God can do anything. God can use me in any way. God can, can do this, that, and the other thing. And there's nothing that is too hard for God as long as I don't have to put any action to it and make sure that something happens. Faith in action. What is your faith motivating you to do? Because I don't believe that, that if we really have faith, if we really have faith, it's going to motivate us to do something. I said, if we really have faith, it's going to motivate us to do something. We won't be able to just sit and do nothing. Art Pugh doesn't just say, be blessed and fed. He goes and picks up the bread every Friday night and brings it here to the church. People come in and get it. Some who can't make it here, he delivers it to their houses. There's been times when he didn't have much bread, he's bought stuff and taken it to people. He's at times bought extra when there wasn't much, and there's many times when he's fed people out of his own pocket. He's bought medication, paid bills, etc., etc., etc. I could go on and on. Faith at work. You don't have to ask me whether that man has faith or not. I see his faith through his works. I'm talking about faith in action. What is your faith motivating you to do? Stephen had faith in the Bible. Acts chapter 6. You see, he had faith not just to serve the daily bread to the elderly and the widows, but it says Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Why Stephen? Why did Stephen get used? Why not one of the Pharisees or one of the publicans? Why not one of the sons of the disciples or the sons of the prophets? We hear about all others, but we see that in Acts chapter 6, Stephen and six others were chosen to what? To serve the widows. Yeah. 
They were chosen to serve the widows. Who wants to serve the widows? That's not the job I want. Come on, I'm a man of faith. I'm a man, I'm a man who can do stuff. I want to preach. I want to teach. I want to show how smart I am. I want to show how spiritual I am. Serve. 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 Put some action to that faith that you have. Stephen said, serve the widow. Sure, if that's what needs done, I'll do it. Amen. He began to serve the widows. He began to do what just needed done. And God began to use his faith. And and with the action that was put into it, he began to do great miracles and wonders among the people. Hallelujah. So just find some some mundane, everyday task that nobody else wants to do and just do it with everything that you've got. It doesn't have to be something fantastic. It doesn't have to be something amazing. Just find something that Lord, the Lord has enabled you to do and put some action to the faith because if your faith isn't motivating you to do anything, I question how much faith is actually in us. My wife hates it when I use her as an example, but she is one of the hardest working ladies I've ever met. You know, she mows the lawn here at the church more than anyone. More than any of us guys. And that makes me kind of mad. Because it really convicts me. It does. It bothers me that my wife is out there mowing the church lawn. She works long hours on the church books. There's a lot to that. I don't know. I can't keep up with it. When, when the accountant calls and talks to her, I, I just hand it over to her because I don't even know the language you guys are talking. You speak directly to her because if I try and interpret and send it on to her, it's going to get muddled and it's going to get messed up. And, and the work that she puts in that is amazing to me. Her, her job takes her into the houses of the elderly, cleaning and doing the things that nobody else wants to do. And nobody looks at her and says, wow, what a woman of faith. But I'm telling you, that is faith in action. Amen. That is faith in action. Her faith motivates her to do something. Amen. On top of all that, she takes care of your poor pastor. Keeps our house in pristine condition. Amen. I'm talking about your faith in action. I'm saying there's got to be something happening in your life. If you claim to have faith, James said, I don't want to hear about your faith. I want to see your faith. Don't tell me you have faith, but you don't do anything. Don't tell me you have faith, but you won't do any works. Don't tell me that that you can show me your faith without works. He said, I'll show you my faith by my works. Somebody's saying, but pastor, I thought we weren't saved by faith. We're not saved by faith. You cannot do enough to be saved. You cannot work hard enough to be saved. We are saved only by the grace of God. It's only by the grace of God that we're saved. Hallelujah. But if you are saved and you have faith, it will show through your works. Paul's faith motivated him to take missionary journeys to places where he was not even, he wasn't wanted. He wasn't well received. Read about his, his missionary journeys. He gives, in, in Acts chapter 11, he gives just a snippet of some of the things that he's been through. He says, from the Jews five times, I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. 
Once I was stoned. Three times I've been shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep. He was shipwrecked floating around in the water a night and a day. In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger, in thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides the other things that comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is made to stumble and I do not burn with indignation? If I must boast, I will boast in the things which concern my infirmity. The God and Father of our Lord Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I'm not lying. Paul spent his life for the gospel. He gave everything. He, he was a missionary when being a missionary wasn't cool. Yeah. Nowadays, when we travel somewhere, I mean, we... we I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying anything against our missionaries. I love our missionaries and, and they do what we can't do. And I'm so thankful for them. But when they come to town man, we feed them, we, we give them a motel, we take care of them. Nobody took care of Paul. He wasn't put up at the inn with three meals a day. He wasn't, he wasn't given a good offering most of the time. There's only one or two churches that even helped him out financially. According to what he says, most of them just said, oh, you know, see you later. Thanks for coming by. He had great success. He, he reached the known world at the time with the gospel. He spent his life. He just kept going. Nothing could stop him. Faith in action. What is your faith motivating you to do? I'm. I don't know if this is a proper message or not. I'm just asking a question today. I'm just asking a question. Because it's been burning in my heart and it got a hold of me when I when I heard that question on the radio, I thought, "Oh my goodness, what what is my faith motivating me to do?" And I had to start taking account of myself and my time and my life and and what I'm doing with it and and how how much is spent on me and myself and my things and my life and my goodies and my fun things and, and, and how much I actually spend doing the work of God. What is my faith motivating me to do? What is it driving me to do? Years ago, when Anthony and Melissa Inns were traveling, raising funds as Metro missionaries to Vancouver, we had them come by the church. And uh, just like the, Mar- the Maradas were here on Tuesday. And I was telling a, a man at work about them. And he said to me, he said, you mean they're raising funds so they don't have to work like you do? I'd never thought about it like that. And it kind of took me back a little bit. And I could have let that bother me and I could have become selfish and thought, why should I work so they don't have to? I could have. And the devil tried to get me to go that route. 
But instead, we took them on and we helped support them for five years, helped them get established there in Vancouver. And guess what? God has blessed me for it. He has blessed this church for it. Amen. It's not my money anyway. It's not my money anyways. It just filters through me to wherever it needs to go. It's not my money. Church, we get, we get a check every month for, for, from Freedom Mobility for a tower they're putting up in our parking lot. That's not given to us so that this church can be rich. It definitely doesn't go into my pocket. Amen. God has entrusted us with that money so that we can invest it into his work. Amen. We are just funnels that it goes through. And we just need to be thankful that God has trusted us with finances like he has in this church so that we can use it to help others along the way. We've helped, we helped to, uh, the Eastums buy a car for their missionary journeys in, in uh, Kenya. We, we use it for all these different things. And, and we probably should take on the Maratas that were just here. I don't see why we couldn't. The funds seem to, seem to be there. And they're doing a work. I can't go to El Paso, Texas. I would wither and dry up and die in that heat down there. I feel sorry for them having to live down there. They were around here looking at all the water and thought, wow, what do you guys, well, you got so much water here. They don't even have lakes or anything around that city. It's just desert, God-forsaken place. God help them. <laughs> I'm glad that they're there, that they're going there. Amen. Faith without works, my friend, is dead. We can't sit back and say, oh, but we're so holy, we're so good. God has God got his blessings upon us and do nothing with it. Are you struggling in your faith? Maybe it's almost dead. Maybe it's almost dead. When's the last time you used your faith? When's the last time you gave somebody a Bible study? When's the last time you sat down with somebody and said, here, let me show you what the word of God says. Let me show you how that you can be saved. Let me show you what you can do to inherit eternal life. When's the last time you you came by and you helped in bread ministry? When's the last time you put some action to your faith? What is your faith motivating you to do? When's the last time that you prayed in intercessory prayer until your head hurt and your, your eyes hurt from crying so hard and you, you were so lost in, in, in your, in your prayers that it was just coming out in sobs and, and groanings that you couldn't even voice anymore. Groanings, the Bible says, that cannot be uttered. What is your faith motivating you to do? It's, It's not given to me just to hide it in my heart and keep it here safe and sound. The man who was given one talent and he hid it so that it could just be given back, he was condemned because he did absolutely nothing with what he was given. What are we doing with what we've been given? What is our faith motivating us to do? What is our faith motivating us to do? Jeremiah got so tired of of preaching to people who wouldn't listen that he said, I'm just not even going to do it anymore. I'm going to shut my mouth and I'm not even going to tell anybody anymore because nobody's even listening anyway. 
And he said, it became like a fire shut up in my bones and I could not contain it. I had to let it out. I couldn't just shut down and say, I'm just going to keep my faith right here. I'm just going to make sure that little Jim shoe makes it okay. Whether anybody else does or not, I'm just going to hold it together just for myself. No, that's not going to work. You're not going to make it because faith without works is dead. Dead faith can do nothing. It's alone. It's by itself. And it's not going to save anybody. Faith without works will not save us. Because even the world knows that faith should be causing you to act. Even the world knows. That's why they're asking the question, what is your faith motivating you to do? Even the world knows that faith without works is dead. Have you helped a neighbor? Have you helped out? Have you reached out to the less fortunate? The Bible calls them the fatherless and the widows. They were the less fortunate in their times. James 1.27 says, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. What is our faith? What is our faith motivating us to do? What is our faith motivating us to do? It's not good enough for us to say, oh, but I'm I'm doing better than so-and-so is. I'm doing better than that one. I'm doing better than the person on the corner. How many here would want to be compared to a prostitute? Oh, no, no, no. Of course not. But the Bible says that Rahab believed that God's people were going to take her city and she acted in such a way that she was able to save her whole family. Rahab the harlot, every time she's mentioned, it says Rahab the harlot. That's what she's known as. That's what she was pinpointed as. That was what was the stigma that was upon her. Every time you read, look it up in the Bible, every time Rahab is mentioned, Rahab the harlot. Likewise, Also, was not Rahab the harlot justified? Was she not justified by her works? When she received the messengers and had them sent out another way, she said, remember me. And they told her that everyone that would be in her house on that day would be safe. The walls of Jericho, think about it. The walls of Jericho, they walked around those walls for six days. And then on the seventh day, they walked around seven times and the walls of that whole city crumbled to the ground except one spot with one single house standing on the top of the wall and everybody in that house was safe. Why? Because one woman that nobody else cared about, everybody in the town looked down upon. She said, I want to be saved. I want to be okay. I want to make sure that I'm saved when you come in and take our land. And they said, if you will act upon that faith, Amen. If you, if you will take and you will bring all of your household in, not only did she hide the messengers and then send them out in secret, but she brought her extended family into her house. And when the Israelites marched around Jericho, she was the only place that was safe. Even Rahab. So it's not good enough for us to sit back on our morals and say, oh, but but I'm, I'm pure, I'm good, I'm, 
the Lord has, has cleaned me up and that's all good and that's all right. But what is it motivating us to do? What is it motivating us to do? How can I show my faith then? Every one of us has different talents, different abilities, different opportunities. We can't all be an Art Pew. We can't all be a Don Shue. We can't all be a Paul. We can't all be a Stephen. Every one of us is different. We all have different talents. We all have different abilities. We all have different uh, callings in life. The Bible says in one point that in Acts chapter 10 verse 38 that Jesus went about doing good. How difficult can that be? Is there anybody here that can do good? Nobody? One, two, three, four, five, six, about eight, ten of us that can do good. I think probably all of us could do good. You can do something good. You can be nice to somebody. Jesus went about doing good. (laughs) That's a pretty easy place to start right there. Just do something good. Ecclesiastes 9 and 10 says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. It's going to be too late once you die. So if you find, can you find something to do now? Give yourself to it. Just do it. Amen. It doesn't have to be the same thing that brother so or sister and so and so is doing. Just do what your hand finds to do it. It's not, in other words, it's not so much what you do. What really matters is that you don't waste the opportunities that are given you here, however small or great they might be. Don't waste the opportunities that are given. Don't waste the hours and the minutes and the moments that we have here on earth because those moments can pass so quickly when you realize, man, I felt like I should have done something there, but I didn't. I felt like I should have said something there, but I didn't. I felt like I should have acted but, but for some reason, I didn't. You're being motivated. Go ahead and just do it. Go ahead and just do it. What is your faith motivating you to do? I'm telling you, there's, there's no joy like seeing your friend getting baptized. Yeah. There's nothing like that. Seeing the one that you witnessed to begin to receive the Holy Ghost. You see that joy blossom on their face as they begin to speak in other tongues. And you realize, yes, we saved another one from the fire. We were able to reach one more. There's another one that's going to be able to make heaven their home. There's another one that's going to be saved. Even seeing the smile on the face of somebody, you just hand them a gift card or Seeing a child that you taught in Sunday school praying at the altar. Your faith will motivate you to take pride in what you do for God. Your faith will cause a... It'll cause a Sunday school teacher to go in and spend all day Saturday decorating their Sunday school class so that it's the brightest, happiest place that their children see. 
Your faith will draw you to study and to prepare for that class as though the very lives of those children depend on what you say on Sunday morning. What is your faith motivating you to do? Because there's no work, there's no device, there's no knowledge, there's no wisdom. There's nothing of that in the grave. It's what we do here that counts. It's what we do today. It's what we do tomorrow. It's what we do with our week. It's what we get done this month. We don't know how much time we have. We don't know when the Lord is returning for his church. We don't know when, when the doctor will say, oh, that, that, that lump is malignant. You've only got a few months. We don't know when that day might come. We don't know when that day might come. What's your faith motivating you to do? I'm just simply asking the question today. Because I think it ought to motivate us to do something. I think it ought to motivate us to do something. As we stand here today, I want us each one to just let that work in our minds. Let it work in our minds. We need to make a determination that God, I'm, I've got to start acting on, on what you are motivating me to do. I've got to start acting on, on what I feel, on, on what I see, on, on, on what I hear, on, on, on what I know. And Lord, just begin doing, and, and even if it's just a little step, just a little step. It doesn't have to be some huge thing. It doesn't have, you don't have to make a splash. You just, just do some little thing and, and, and you'll find that it, it'll motivate you to want to do another thing. And then, and then that'll cause you to want to do a little bit more. And be, before you know, the Lord is using you in mighty and amazing ways. Stephen was just simply serving the tables of the elderly widows. And God was able to take him and do great miracles and wonders among the people because he was willing to take that little step and say, yeah, I'll, I'll take that bread to the old ladies. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go to the widow's houses and, and help them if they, if they need their, their lawn mowed or whatever they might need, just whatever it takes. He was just willing to do the small things and God was able to take Stephen and use him in great and mighty ways to where the people were being affected, their lives were being changed. I'm going to open this altar, and I don't know exactly what what you wish to do. Whether you want to come and talk to the Lord and and just reach out to Him and allow Him to motivate your heart and lives, but. I just pray that when we walk away from here today, from the pulpit to the back door, every single one of us, that we will be motivated to do something with the faith that we have. It is the saving grace of God. What we have got, my friend, is what this world desperately, desperately, desperately needs. And we've got it. What are we doing with it? What is our faith motivating us to do?